0: What's up, Dowd fam? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Strength Training for Cyclists podcast by Dowd Health. My name is Derek Teal. I'm the owner and operator of Dialed Health, and I'm very excited for today's episode because along with our new Q&A format, which we have some incredibly diverse questions, some deep dives, some shorter, quicker, fun questions, kind of everything in between, we are also going to include and introduce a case study. This came about because I had a really good conversation with a client today, and his situation is so relatable for so many people. It really comes down to committing to consistency and getting those 2 sessions in per week, every week without fail. So I'm going to clue you in on his background, what we're doing specifically, and our overall strategy to address that. And I think you'll really like it. We're also going to get a little back end on what's going on with Dowd Health, what's going on with my personal training, Uh, not my personal training, but my personal training does that make sense what i'm doing for training personally (laughs) and also the follow up on the doctor's appointment with my little twin babies that are baking in the oven uh, and so much more so sit back relax and i hope you enjoy the episode The first thing I have to address is my voice right now. It's borderline on the fritz. It's just, it's shot. It's done. I've been talking a lot today, and I'm sorry that you're actually hearing this at the end of the day. Usually I record it fresh. I don't know if I have some like, extra acid reflex going on or what it is, but my voice is cutting out, so bear with me. I appreciate you understanding that. I'm sorry that I sound like a dead horse. Uh, Is that what dead horses sound I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. It's a little raspy. Anyways, here's the update on the twins. After last week's podcast recording, we went to an appointment and we were a little freaked out. As I mentioned, we got called back the following day for a follow-up ultrasound for my wife who's pregnant with our twins. So we were finding out the gender, but there there was a lot of miscommunication. And I understand that the hospitals have to protect themselves and there's so much liability, but they just cannot tell you anything. It is so frustrating until you get that final call back from your, I guess your, I was going to say your general physician, but I guess your, your main doctor who's kind of communicating all the details to you. So she called back, the babies are in perfect health and we're having two Baby boys, so that's going to be three boys in the twin in the twin household in the teal household under two years old. Can you even kind of imagine the war zone that's going to take place? I mean, my son right now who's fifteen months, maybe sixteen months, he is uh, he's all over the place. I mean, he is the squirmiest little baby. I walked into Bevmo the other day. I mean, I was buying some whiskey, but I walked into Bevmo <laughs> with my baby, just buying some whiskey. And I had him for two seconds in my arms. He cannot stay in your arms. He freaks out. And the last place you want your, you know, one and a half year old is running around Bevmo with all that glass. So it's just been wild. I mean, it just it feels like the calm before the storm right now. But I'm really stoked. I'm so stoked about the twins. We're stoked that they're gonna be close in age. And we have so much family support that you know uh, there's no complaints, I think all in all we would have really chosen this uh, if we had given the choice, so um, very grateful their health by the way it it was such good perspective for me at the time it came because I've been very stressed about the transition I've made to go full time online, the new website, making sure things are the way I want them to be. There's so many new skills I need to learn and day to day processes that I've never experienced before it's just been it's been overwhelming and as soon as we had the fear of potentially something going on, it was like, all of that was just gone and it was just an instant perspective check. And honestly, since then I felt way better and just been way more focused on all the good that's happening opposed to nitpicking the things that are annoying me. So it was great. Very stoked on that. Um, my training has been awesome. Uh, I have not missed. I posted that on my Instagram. I literally haven't missed a workout this year. Uh, Four rides per week, two strength workouts. Some weeks I've been doing three. I do mobility every single day. And the biggest thing I accredit that to is being willing to adapt. You know, you're not missing your workout if you have to adapt and shorten it. If you have to go off plan and it's a lesser version, quote unquote, it's still getting it done and getting. You know, making progress. And if anything, you were just maintaining, which is way more than going backwards, which is what would happen if you missed. So, unless you have like planned rest and it's not this inten- intentional time where you're recovering don't miss your workouts do not miss and guess what if you do plan you know less workouts and you are recovering you're not missing anyways because that's the plan so I kind of explained that and uh, yeah I'm just really proud of kind of where I'm coming along on the bike and just my pedaling ability and the strength training mixed with that pedaling on the trainer just means that when I go out on my mountain bike I feel really good all the time to be honest (laughs) it's been great Um, And that's pretty much it. We, with Dialed Health, have made some really big strides this week. We are now up to 337 members, which is a huge jump for the Dialed Health OGs uh, who have been listening since I had 150 um, not too long ago. So there's been great traction because of a few podcasts. I was recently featured on a YouTube channel and there's just some cool opportunities coming up. So I think that there's a lot of hope now uh, seeing with the website and I'm fired up. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe you can even tell the energy shift between this episode this week and last week, but I feel like a different person. I kind of feel like I'm back to myself and it just feels great. The last thing I'm going to leave you with before we jump into the questions is an awesome quote I heard today on the Ed Milet Show podcast. I highly recommend this podcast if you want to just have a little midweek motivation, start of the week motivation. I think he posts every new episode on Tuesday, but he is all about self-development, life coaching, business. He's incredible. And he had David Nurse on, who is an ex-NBA player. And apparently he coaches NBA players now. He's like their mindset coach. And he had this quote that just, it hit me like a brick wall today. He said, everything you do is preparation for an opportunity to come. And what he meant by that was that even in the day-to-day, plugging away at all these little things that sometimes you get lost in the process of, you're like, why am I even doing this? But the constant reminder is that every time you take a step forward, you commit to, you know, doing your trainer road ride, you commit to doing your dialed health workout, you commit to doing that stretch session or eating that better meal, or, you know, putting in that extra hour at work or staying extra focused, getting the sleep, whatever it might be that you are prepping for an opportunity to come that you don't know what it is, you don't know when it's gonna come, but if you aren't ready, you're gonna miss it. And that's what you're preparing for. Even like this year, all, these, all of these events have been canceled. People have really gotten lost as to why they're training. What's the point? The point is, you don't see the next opportunity until you get around the next corner so you can't just like look down you know 50 years from now and see what's happening you have to put in the work all these little steps to peek around that next corner to get to that point where you can see what's ahead so i really encourage you prepare work just relentlessly to be the best version of yourself because that's the only way you're going to be ready for that next opportunity all right let's get into the questions These questions are so rad. I can't wait to get into it. You'll be very proud of my pro setup. I'm actually looking at my laptop instead of a notebook (laughs) with chicken scratch on it. I've been very organized. I have my Google Docs podcast questions. Uh, sheet loaded up where I've been inputting questions that I've been getting throughout the week. And so we're going to start out with our quick case study, and then we're going to get into the actual questions. And you'll notice we have kind of the most in-depth ones at first, and they'll get kind of lighter, more random uh, toward the end. So let's start out with our case study. Now, I've been working with Ben Ainskopf at Ben underscore Ains, and he is doing data analysis for dialed health on the back end, you know, helping me read Google Analytics. And the goal there is to, you know, he's giving me this consulting to make the best decision to see what is going to have the most impact positively on the website. You know, what is gonna help people stay longer and have a better experience. And my role to consult him is obviously with his training. So it's this great like balance that we have going. And he lives in Salt Lake City. Sorry, Ben, I don't know if you knew I was gonna go into this much detail about your life. Uh, but he works 60 to 80 hours a week. He's married, he has three kids, one of which is two months old. So he is a mountain biker and he does have trail access out of his front door, which is a major advantage. But I think anyone with kids, especially a two month old, a wife, 60 to 80 hours of work a week. I mean, you are stacked up, stacked up. So, our goal has been a couple of things. We really wanna focus on his back pain being resolved. So we have a custom warm up for him each time he goes out riding and it includes some runner stretches, it includes some posterior tilts to activate his abs and also some glute bridges to activate his glutes. So we're working on that, which is something you can also implement, uh, but really his goal besides doing that before his bike rides each week is to get two guided workouts per week and the guided workouts that we're doing are the core workouts. They're a little bit shorter, no equipment. It's about as, you know, quick and easy as you can get and still be effective. Now, he has struggled to get all, both of those sessions in every week. We've had a couple good weeks, we've had a couple okay weeks, and we've had a couple bad weeks, you know, the bad week being no workout at all. So, the real trigger here we're trying to look for is his motivation. And I think for him, because he is so data driven, it's really focusing on the mental benefits of what training provides. You know, training consistently and just exercise in general, it really does change your brain. I mean, we know all about the dopamine hit that you get from exercise, the natural endorphins, the oxygen being carried through your blood, through your brain, like there's so many benefits. And honestly, for a lot of people, that mental edge is enough opposed to just the physical edge that you're getting from it so we've been trying to hit that but what we've realized is uh, because of the two-month-old obviously very new schedules more being piled on at work we realized that relying on the total body guided stretch routine that's on the website is probably the ultimate like uh you know just get your foot in the door and build the habit of showing up two days a week because you know, it's like, I think 17 minutes, it's total body stretch routine, it's mellow, it's it's just enough to get a little dopamine hit, feel better, and really build the habit of showing up. So that is our new goal. He has to hit two guided workouts per week. If one of them happens to be the total body stretch routine, that is okay for now. And if you're in that same position, I would encourage the same thing. If you can't find the energy or the time or whatever it may be that's holding you back from doing Two full on strength sessions, just do one strength session and one stretch session. That's going to help a ton. So we're focusing on that. I'll check in and uh, obviously see how it goes for him next week. Uh, He gave me my homework as well, which is going to benefit you guys. And uh, yeah, I guess the big thing that we really discussed was the fact that, you know, the details of the workouts don't matter until you're consistent. Obviously within reason, I don't want you just doing bicep curls, but if you're doing my workout programs, you know the program is for you. It's all built on my mythology and it's all about just showing up and building that consistency because if you don't have months under your belt of that consistency, the cool stuff where you're learning the kettlebell snatch, and you're doing the specific uh, warm-up drill, or you're focused on post-activation potentiation, which is you know following a strength movement with a power movement uh, for more muscle engagement. Like all these cool things that come along with training and all the details. I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. They do not matter until you're consistent. And if that is another motivation for you to get consistent, then use it because it's real and, you know, there's just the truth. Um, So uh, we also discussed, ooh, maybe I'll talk about this later, but uh, what is going to help users be more accountable? Um, We're working on that. Stay tuned. Okay, so now let's get off the case study. I hope that kind of brewed some thoughts for you. We're going to get into the actual questions. I have the first two questions by Nick Buck, at nbuck9 on Instagram. Okay, first question. Here we go. Oval rings, how's that work? My friend worked at, for Absolute Black, which is a, a manufacturer for these uh, oval chain rings, or manufacturer... They, they have a sick oval chain ring you can buy. <laughs> That's it. Uh, he says, so I've been running a 32 oval for a while now. I'm a flat pedal rider on trail bikes and also have a couple of knee injuries over the past years. And my right knee is still a little iffy. I have found that running an oval, I haven't felt any pain for years now. I feel the traction gain is real too. Can't say if there's any power gain as I don't know exactly what's going on there to back up that idea. Can you shed any light on this? Now, I haven't ran an oval chainring before, and it's interesting because it's almost like a, t- that's kind of like a taboo sort of thing. its I mean, it's just funky. You know what I mean? I mean, I feel like I, every time I see an oval ring, I'm always intrigued, and I always think, wow, that person might ha- must have a really good reason for wanting to use that because uh, it just looks a little funky. It's kind of like if it's not broke, don't fix it. But after doing some further research, I actually went to the Absolute Black website, It's pretty sick and (laughs) what they have to say makes a lot of sense now i get the general idea of the oval chainring is that actually make your power output more even because naturally as we come over the top of the pedal stroke you're not going to have as much pushing power as you do toward the bottom of the pedal stroke so the design of the oval chainring is basically it allows you to get more torque because of the shape of the ring at the top so you're putting out more power at the top and because of the power extra power at the top and the shape of the ring you're technically have you're I don't want to say a disadvantage at the bottom but it smoothens out your pedal stroke so now instead of you know pushing hard but kind of having this like oval I guess power output the oval ring makes your output more circular does that make sense So you're not putting out more power at the top It's doing it for you and just like that at the bottom You're putting out more power with your body and the chain ring is actually taking some of that power and using it for the top of The stroke so that explains a lot of his traction gain because if you have more even power output especially on a mountain bike And especially with flat pedals, you're already not able to pull the normal way a clipless rider would be able to. So you're putting out more power by pushing alone. And because the oval chainring makes that power more smooth throughout the motion or even throughout the motion, then you're going to have less, I guess, patch outs and you're going to have just a smoother traction and more control. So it's pretty sick. Um, I would say, honestly, dude. I mean, I'm not against flat pedals. I did my first 10 years of mountain biking on flat pedals, but highly encourage you trying clips if you're enjoying the oval chainring. Um, that's my best understanding of how they work. I'll probably try one in the future. I'm not against it. Like I said, they're a little funky, but after kind of doing some research, I'm intrigued. Now, I'm gonna grab myself a little sip of water. Okay, bear with me. Elevator music, here we go. <laughs> All right. He has another question. So totally random. (laughs) What's up with nuts? Um, By the way, his email subject line said D's nuts. (laughs) If you know what that meme is, uh, you're probably in your 20s. So (laughs) what's up with nuts? I am nuts about mostly peanuts and cashews. I mean, great pun, by the way. I am nuts about mostly peanuts and cashews and can tolerate other nuts, but I'd love to know what gives the most bang for the diet. I think that I heard you say on an earlier podcast that cashews maybe suck, at least compared to jerky. Most curious to know what's best and to definitely skip for both the budget and the diet. Okay, Uh, comparing uh, nuts to beef jerky is difficult to do. Because beef jerky, as long as you get a more low sugar version, you're looking at a really high protein source for a low amount of calories. Now, what's interesting about nuts in general is that a lot of people reach, <laughs> reach out for nuts. <laughs> this is already going to get weird. A lot of people choose nuts as a snack because they want a protein filled snack. However, that is like one of the most misleading, misguided things of the diet industry is that nuts are high protein because it's not that they don't have protein, but they have twice as much fat, if not more, um, per gram, every single bite. So there's way more fat in nuts than there is protein. So if you're eating nuts because you want the protein uh, specifically, you are making a poor decision. At that point, you should just eat jerky because there's really not much fat in most beef jerky compared to how much there is in nuts. In fact, if you weigh your nuts, (laughs) I'm I'm not trying to do that, I swear. (laughs) But if you weigh and measure your nuts, (laughs) you are going to find out how little, (laughs) how little, how, (laughs) I don't even know how to say this, Such a small amount, so 30 grams, which is like a typical serving size for nuts, 28 to 30 grams, it's like 170 to 200 calories, depending on the nuts. And you're going to realize that most of those calories are from fat. So be intentional, be educated on what you're doing. If you're eating nuts for protein, uh, misguided, I don't think cashews suck, by the way. I think they are the best nut uh, that you can eat. (laughs) They're my favorites. Uh, big fan. Uh, However, you have to understand that you have to eat a small quantity. Uh, I challenge everyone to put them on the scale and to find out what a real serving size is. Uh, It's very, very depressing. Uh, So I hope that answered that question. Good for you, Nick. Now, uh, next question, kind of light, random. Uh, This is from at Noel underscore Asplund. He says, are you going for a certain theme with your tattoos? So obviously this is a personal question to me. Uh, No, not really. I, I, my goal with tattoos right now, because I'm having a lot of fun with them, is to... <laughs> I'm just thinking about how much they cost. <laughs> They're actually maybe not as expensive as you think, but um, one of my artists, who's a close buddy, he only does full days, so you have to pay like 1200 bucks and do a 12-hour session. It's gnarly. Uh, I actually have only done two tattoo sessions and have you know a decent amount on my arm and my hand and one on my neck. So my plan is to... From shoulders all the way to fingertips, blast out my left arm. Very excited. I even have an idea for a tattoo on the inside of my fingers. Um, Yeah, just want to blast it out. I think leaving a little space between is a cool style. And all black and white. Other than that, it's going to be free reign. I think as I get more... uh, I covered, I guess. I'm going to have a little bit more fun with it. Maybe do some kind of just funny tattoos. But right now everything has a lot of meaning, I guess, except the sunflower I have on my wrist. I just love flower tattoos and I love sunflowers and they're high elevation and I love the sun. So, um, but yeah, everything else actually has quite a bit of meaning. So, that's kind of the theme, nothing crazy, but I am excited to fill this thing up. I'm going to be making two big appointments for next year. And who knows, maybe I can ramp up the process after that. But I will say, I don't want to get tattoos uh, when my twins are newborns like super early because holding them. And I did that with my son, Otto, it's going to be tough, but I will be getting, um, so basically my fingers are just all for my family. Uh, so my wife's name is on my ring finger. My son, Otto, he has the rocket. That's his middle name on my middle finger. And then the two other fingers are going to be for my two baby boys, uh, the twins. I have their names, but I'm not going to spoil it. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so that's going to be family. And then on the inside of my fingers, I'm going to get the word love. So one letter on each finger. So that's going to be kind of cool. Okay. Next question. This is from Martine uh, at fernwee.cc on Instagram. You guys, heads up. I'm a huge fan of this guy. He has probably one of the best cycling YouTube channels I've ever seen. Uh, Just elegant, quality, great creative work that he is so persistent with. Uh, I'm just very inspired by the content he puts out. I love the product. He's doing an amazing job. Stoked he's riding in and listening. So he says, can you suggest a post-ride stretch routine? My mid-slash-lower back usually feels very tired-slash-weak after a ride. Not necessarily painful yet, but if I start doing something else like grocery shopping right when I'm back, I usually develop a pretty bad back pain after about an hour. So first things first, a really great stretch to kind of get your low back, even though it's very hard to stretch your low back, is to do a wide leg hamstring stretch. Now, you could either stand up tall and put your legs very wide, so I'd say twice shoulder width, almost like you feel a groin stretch. You hang forward, allowing your back to round, and then you reach out both arms toward one toe or just reach toward your leg. If you don't have very mobile hamstrings, you could also stand with a bench in front of you and put your hands on it. And that's going to allow you to kind of control how much really weight you're putting. And, you know, if you don't have great mobility, it's a lot more comfortable that way you can hold the position for longer. And that's the point. You don't want to strain and grunt throughout the whole thing. It should be breathable and you can slowly lengthen. So as you do that, reach out toward one foot, that's when you're gonna feel the stretch come up through one side of your back. It's gonna be the opposite side of your back that you're reaching toward. So another version of this is sitting on the ground. And if you pull one leg in like Jim gym class style. So one knees bent, your foot is on the inside of your thigh and you reach both arms out. It's that opposite arm reaching that is gonna make the stretch come through your low back. So those are two great stretches specifically for that. But what I would say to fam users is use the total body stretch routine. They're basically the first half of the routine is for upper body, the second half is for lower body. So there is a pre-built way to get your glutes, your hamstrings and your hip flexor Highly recommend doing that. And what I would say to you, uh, Fernwee, I, <laughs> I almost just call you that instead of uh, Martine, I think is how you pronounce your first name, is try the hamstring stretch. But I would say once you do those stretches and relieve that initial tension from your ride, you have to remember that most likely you were feeling those that back pain because your back muscles are compensating for your legs for your abs for your glutes during your ride they're overworked and you need to address that through strength training i know that you do the kettlebell workouts but i'd highly recommend implementing one guided core workout per week that first one is a great way to start Uh, advanced movements but a lot of uh, low ab engagement so practice that because if you can stretch all day But if you never strengthen the muscles that need to be strengthened to hold that position, you're just going to constantly feel like you need to stretch. You know, stretching is the most effective when it's paired with quality strength training. So make sure that you're getting that quality strength training in also. Uh, And that is going to be what allows you to get out of that rut. You know, you might have to stretch extra uh, to get to the place where you don't feel the back pain as long as you're doing the strength training. And then you'll probably feel like you have to stretch less. Or you're going to be like me and you're just going to be forever foam rolling. So, uh, (laughs) dude, I hope that helps. Obviously, reach out if you need any other help with that. Um, Oh, really cool comment from MTV NorCal. So highly recommend them following them on Instagram. They have done such a cool job getting the community together for trail kind of enduro riders that I'll, I'll be honest, you know, most Trail enduro riders aren't high level racers. And if you're not a high level racer and you're a recreational rider, it's hard to really find a big crew of dudes to go ride with, honestly, Um, especially if you're not at every single Calenduro race. You know, that's how I met a lot of my friends who race now, um, and I met from previous years of downhill racing so if you're not doing that it's hard to get a community together and these guys have done such a good job with that so very stoked and hope to get a group ride together with them they just wrote in and said appreciate you and you being a genuinely good dude looking forward to the next ride you guys thank you uh ditto back at you okay this question is from ricardo this is at flynn rider 01 on instagram this is our dialed health just representation in italy he is the man he is such a loyal dialed fan member very grateful for uh, ricardo he asked do you train barefoot i see you're always strength training with trainers on and take them off while stretching or doing yoga i'm curious because i train at home and i uh, i train at home so i'm always barefoot okay uh really great question so at home i typically train barefoot as well The big reason I like to wear trainers in the gym, uh, I wear very flat, stiff-soled trainers. I like the Noble trainers, if you want to go check those out. Wide toe box, Kevlar, they last forever, uh, and they're very stiff and flat. And the reason I do that was because I actually, uh, so for one, I used to wear the Vibram toe shoes. Like, I was that guy. And because I love the feeling of working out barefoot. But what I realized is that they're just hard. And when you're walking around on tile at gyms, your joints just start to hurt. I'm sorry. They just, I mean, dude, it hurt. I, it was uncomfortable and I didn't like it. So I started wearing just flatter shoes with a little more cushion, a lot more comfortable on those surfaces. Uh, in my studio, you know, most of the studio is turf, so I could get away with the training barefoot. But when I'm with clients, you know, I like to go outside. Um, I do mix it up and go on the rubber mat, which if your feet get sweaty on rubber flooring, it's kind of sketchy. If you're jumping, if you're doing plyometrics, there's also a safety side to it, flinging kettlebells around. So I just genuinely feel more comfortable with shoes on than not uh, because I just feel like I can kind of just do anything. When I don't have my shoes on in the gym, I feel like I'm not maybe going to do whatever I need. Uh, because I'm limited to go run and do certain things. And I know there's people who are going to say, well, you could do all of it. Yeah, I know you could. I've done both. I prefer shoes. Um, Just make sure they're quality, stiff, and flat. Okay, Uh, this is from at Jeff Coyle, uh, S-A-T-X. I'm not exactly sure how to say that, but <laughs> he commented on my Instagram. Uh, he commented to a video about a circuit I posted and he said, how about a banished trap and low back pain on long ride circuit? <laughs> I told him I'd respond here. So here we go, Jeff. Now, the trap pain, let's start there. Um, I would The very first thing I would do is get a lacrosse ball and learn how to dig out those traps and do it consistently, do it nightly. Because most likely you just have some built up Overused tissue that you need to release, and it's gonna work wonders. I mean, I'd be very, very surprised if it didn't, but that is your first uh, line of defense right there. Grab a lacrosse ball. You can order one, they're so cheap. You can grab one at a store, and you can just start getting to work. Now, just make sure um, you're either using a wall, you're laying on the floor. Once you pin a spot, Uh, You can use your arm and do circular motions to help release an area without constantly moving and just make sure you can breathe through it. That's going to feel really, really good. I mean, I would spend like literally five, 10 minutes on each side and um, yeah, just try that out consistently for a week or two and get back to me on how that feels. As far as the the low back pain on long rides, we addressed this on the last podcast, uh, but I would say you need to learn how to do a quality hip hinge under load and train supporting muscle groups that me, that don't make you rely on your low back on those rides. Because just like Fernwee was experiencing, you're compensating with those low back muscles because of a lack of engagement in your glutes, because of a lack of engagement in your core, and... Those are the two muscles that should be working when it's your low back that's working. So it could be a mobility issue, but typically it comes down to people just not being engaged in their low abs and their glutes. So learn how to hip hinge properly. And I will say too, if you can't touch your toes, you might want to start on that. Okay. How are hip flexors incorporated when riding? Uh, Okay. This is by at Victor M. Ramos, my man, what's happening. Uh, Okay. So your hip flexors are on the front of your hip. And obviously these are a very common area for riders to get tight or to feel pain. Your hip flexors flex your hip. (laughs) So that means if you're standing up straight and you lift one leg up to 90 degrees, your hip flexor actually brought your leg up because it is flexing your hip to pull your knee up. And that's really the job that they do. So obviously you can see on the bike, you're in that position constantly. And a lot of, some people rely more on their hip flexors than others. Uh, But if you are using them while riding, that's what they're doing. They're flexing your hip. So, you know, you could be pulling uh, with your pedal stroke and obviously use your hamstrings a little bit more, but you could be using your hip flexor as well as you pull your leg up and around the pedal stroke. Okay. Next question. Downhill plan coming soon. This is by at Kyra Frank underscore. Uh, Definitely. Uh, downhill plan is long overdue. In fact, the general functional fitness program is what I recommend most downhillers because typically downhillers do want to train three days a week. Their volume that they're putting in is different, and they rely way more on strength than you know road cyclists do or uh, cross country MTB racers. So, uh, I would hi- and you just need a way stronger upper body. So, I would highly recommend using the general functional fitness plan until we have an official downhill plan. Uh, it's it's solid. Uh, next question, what to do if you want to gain weight in muscle while staying in decent riding shape? This is by at, uh, Mick, <laughs> I'm just going to spell it out. I can't say it at MCC ready R. Okay. The big, this is a very, very tough situation to be in i'm gonna say if you're vaguely saying staying in decent riding shape i think this is very possible for you because i'm sure there would have been more specifics on like a watt per kilo or power or something if you were maybe i don't want to say at a higher level of riding but really really focused on your pedaling power Um, for decent riding shape and gaining muscle it really comes down to most likely adding a third day of strength training I would definitely recommend that. In fact, the general functional fitness plan would be a great idea. Um, Gaining muscle in your legs could be tough with staying in decent riding shape because as you do the volume necessary for your leg workouts, it doesn't correlate to riding the way you might think. And of course, this depends to where you're at currently. But just because you can do a heavy set of eight squats doesn't mean you can go pedal for a long time. And I'm, I'm sorry to say it that plainly, but it's just the truth. It's weird. I almost wish it was easier and it was just like the more you did, the better you were. That's not the case. So I would say focus on making sure you're getting three total body strength sessions in per week, very well-rounded, and make sure that you're eating at least one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So I would track. Make sure you hit that. You could even go up to like 1.2 just to be safe. And then uh, I would make sure that you're in a calorie surplus of at least like three to four hundred calories a day. More than that, and you might start putting on fat too quickly. But I would go for that. Three days of strength training, total body per week, very even, well-rounded strength training, making sure you're getting one to one point two grams of protein per pound of body weight. Uh, and also make sure you're in a calorie surplus, you could say three to four hundred to be safe. Um, next question: I MTB once a week and hit train four days a week. Is your program is your program worth considering? This is by at Oz Carry. Um, if you're mountain biking one day a week and hit training four days a week, yeah, I mean, I have a couple of programs that you could mix, but most of my programs, people ride a little bit more so that they're not doing four days a week in the gym. But with that being said, my no equipment strength program is borderline a hit program. You could mix that with my guided core workouts, my guided kettlebell workouts. You could do a full program and then mix the no, excuse me, I'm all burpee all of a sudden and mix the no equipment strength on top of that. There's a wow, I am burping all over the place. Excuse me. This question has got me going. So you can mix a couple programs together without a doubt, because it'd, I'd be very curious to see what style of hit training you're doing and how different my strength training would be compared to that. That'd be, that'd be curious to see. Uh, so there's like a few variables there. I'd want to know some more information, but it's absolutely worth considering. Um, but I would really want to talk to you to make sure it is the ideal fit, just to be honest, you know, um, I would never, I'll be honest, I would never steer someone towards my program that is not an ideal fit for, 100%. Okay, last question. This is a fun one because I got a little backstory. By at love and Justin, this is my creator of my very first website, the first quality website that was before 2.0. He said, did you ever restock your sugar-free Red Bull? <laughs> This is at the studio he's talking about. So here's the backstory. I have an official Red Bull fridge at my studio that I'm not supposed to technically have. We got it from an old bike shop that's no longer in business. Like, I kid you not, 12, 15 years ago, my mom took it. We were friends with the owner. They went out of business. They're like, yeah, just take it. (laughs) So we did. I've had it. It works great. It looks rad. And for a while, I had friends who worked at Red Bull. Now, this is all very much on the download people. Okay, this is between the doubt fam. Now, they were Red Bull girls, and they go around and pass out a bunch of, you know, Red Bull, and it's part of their uh, marketing strategy. Well, every once in a while, they would stop by the old Dowd Health Studio and drop off a few cases. It was the best thing ever. Now, we were stocked up on Red Bull for a while. I would say close to a year. It was so sick, so fun. I drank one every day, basically, not every day. I had a lot of sugar-free Red Bull. Uh, They have this huge variety. It was fun, dude. It was just fun. It was rad. I loved it. I wished it was legit. It's just not, I'm not there yet. Uh, My long, like one of my biggest dreams, period, is to work with Red Bull, period. When I was a downhill racer, the biggest dream, I I wanted a Red Bull sponsorship, I think more than a world championship, to be honest. And if I could partner with them, Uh, that'd be amazing. If Do me a favor and don't tell them about this little conversation because I don't know if it'd help or hurt. But bottom line, if anyone out there does know someone at Red Bull, please get me connected because that is like the biggest long-term goal ever. I want to partner with them. So that deal came to an end when those girls got a new manager, didn't like them, quit, and I was SOL. So now I can say I have not restocked my sugar-free Red Bull. (laughs) Sorry, Justin. And uh, that's it, you guys. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed these questions. And yeah, I had fun doing it. I love this. Honestly, I was already looking forward to this coming into the week. And I want to thank you for tuning in. If you do have a question, please send it to info at dialedhealth.com And I'll be happy to answer it on next week's episode. The more details, the better, because obviously more backstory, more variables, I can give you a more and more accurate response, uh, which is really what I'd want to do. If you have a general topic you want to talk about, if you want to just discuss your training uh, situation, kind of like we did with Ben with the case study, you can also reach out about that. And I'd love to discuss it with you. So thanks again. uh, And we'll go to the outro. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. I hope it was informative and helpful. And like I mentioned, Feel free to send in your question to info at dialedhealth.com. I'd love to answer it. Also, if you could share this to your social media, that would be incredible. Screenshot your phone while you're listening to it and tag at dialed health, post it to your story and I will repost it and be so grateful for the added exposure because it's really the best way to help me grow currently. Uh, Or you can go leave me a five star review with a comment and just say that you love the new format of the podcast. So thank you guys so much. Very, very grateful for you as the Dialed fam and all the support through the website. And I just want you to know that I am digging deep right now to do everything possible to build this thing the right way. And just so you guys know, too, on the back end, there are some crazy people like Ben showing up out of the woodworks to help with things that I don't understand that absolutely need to be helped out. So it's it's really a godsend, these people coming in, and I believe that... You know, the website is really being set up to be something special and I'm just doing everything I can and in my power to make sure that's a a guarantee for you guys. So thank you so much. Uh, Have an awesome, blessed week. And with that being said, start moving forward. Peace out.